What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are excited for night two of the 2021 NFL Draft. Rounds two and three are happening and have started. We are live, of course, here on the Blog and the Boys Network, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Started off with the mute button on, but no big deal. Uh, we're going to be here for the duration of the night. We're going to have some guests pop in and out. I appreciate those of you letting me know now that you couldn't hear me at first. Again, the mute button, a very powerful thing. Uh, this is our first stream of the night. This is for round two. We will be having different streams uh throughout the night so we'll have another one for the third round it will be the same practice tomorrow uh for the third day of the draft but uh here we go uh we are in the middle now of the second round and what do you want matt davis says hope we get some a plus players in rounds two and three that is definitely the hope now the atlanta falcons just uh, traded out with the denver broncos the 35th overall pick is a running back there was some conversation on Twitter that perhaps uh, the Dallas Cowboys were trading up, but uh, you know how Twitter can be. So we are now still on pick 44 watch. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have four picks tonight, and we will see ultimately who they wind up taking. We are very excited. If you have a prediction for who you think the Cowboys will take, please let us know in the comments wherever you are watching. Let's look at the state of the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, last night with the 12th overall pick after the Cowboys traded out of the 10th overall pick, they took Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons had his introductory press conference today with the Dallas Cowboys at the Star in Frisco. Miguel Elizondo says, hey, RJ Miguel, que onda? How goes your Friday night? Hope everything is going well. Again, picks 44, 75, 84, and 99 tonight for the Dallas Cowboys to work with. Um, if you see a pick, you want to let us know you are just as much a part of this production as we are. So uh, we're going to get through this night together. We really we got through last night together as one big happy family, and so uh, tonight is the night where we get through it once more. As mentioned, we will have a number of different BTBers that stop by throughout the evening as I look over, just to make sure everything is all good on Twitter. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so let's take a look quickly at the uh, first round last night. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys again taking Micah Parsons as we just continue to make sure nothing funny is happening in the second round. The Miami Dolphins just took Javon Holland, not an ideal situation. Uh, Trayvon Morig still on the board. Obviously, a lot of people want him for the Dallas Cowboys. Chris says, not sold on last night's pick. Hey, Micah Parsons is an awesome player. Now is not the time to harp. All right, we're all going to be excited about it. In fact, let's go ahead, and while we wait for the Dallas Cowboys to be on the clock, let's go ahead and uh, enjoy some highlights of Micah Parsons, courtesy of Penn State. This is the newest member of the Dallas Cowboys, and there will be a new one in about 30 or so minutes, probably less than that. Honestly, Micah Parsons has a lot of versatility. He's a very athletic player player. He's somebody who can really, really, really develop well under Dan Quinn and somebody who I think we're all very excited to see. Uh, Micah Parsons is somebody who's still ascending as a football player, somebody who's played some big boy college football in the Big Ten. As you take a look there, a very, very ferocious sack from Micah Parsons. Number 11, we'll see if he winds up wearing number 11 with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Earlier today in his press conference, he was asked about it. Cedric Wilson currently wears number 11. Uh, Micah said he hadn't spoken to Cedric about it yet, uh, but that maybe he would have a conversation. Jerry Jones basically said uh, that there would be no negotiation. Um, so, uh, you know, it is uh, it is what it is ultimately. But uh, we do have a new pick. The uh, 36th overall selection, again, is Javon Holland of the Miami – excuse me, not of the Miami Dolphins. He is heading – to the Miami Dolphins, Javon Holland is. And so um, that's a bummer. That was a target for the Cowboys as we continue to uh, check out uh, some Micah Parsons highlights here. 
this is um not ideal that uh yeah, look this is what happens the philadelphia eagles are on the clock by the way um look you can rest assured that the cowboys have a solid player in micah parsons but this is this is how things are going to go tonight. It's going to be tough. We're going to have to sit here and watch a lot of good players fall and a lot of good players ultimately go. That is the way that the NFL draft works sometimes. And that's why, you know, drafting somebody like Micah Parsons goes a long way at establishing yourself in your particular draft class. The Cowboys took what they believed was the best overall player on the board at 11 overall or 12 overall last night. Got confused with his number. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles um, have made a selection, it seems like. Alabama center Landon Dickerson is now a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles pick is in the Cincinnati Bengals now are on the clock. Uh, Sean Lothar says uh, Holland is off the board. Yes, not ideal. The Dallas Cowboys have now lost a um, a potential target in the secondary. We all think that this pick in the second round and maybe in the third round, a couple of them are going to be in the secondary for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cincinnati Bengals have traded the 38th overall pick to the New England Patriots. Uh, Matt Davis says, why doesn't Dallas trade up? Honestly, I don't see a reason for the Cowboys to trade up. Um, you look at what they're working with tonight. They do have four picks in uh, or on the second night, obviously. They have 44 overall here in the second round. They have three third-round picks. I understand feeling antsy, and I get it. I know that you're watching right now. Javon Holland goes. Obviously, the first pick of this night was a corner, and so that is not a comforting feeling. It, it is going to feel this way until the Cowboys walk away with somebody. Uh, ESPN's Adam Sheff or uh, Todd Archer, excuse me, tweeting Cowboys like Javon Holland. Just don't think it was in the second round. The Cowboys, again, are not going to overpay. Matt Davis says TCU safety or Christian Barrymore. Yes, I mean, Trayvon Morig is an example uh, of somebody who the Dallas Cowboys could be waiting on, uh, somebody who the Dallas Cowboys could be hoping falls to them. We don't have to wait a whole lot longer. I mean, this is going to be an interesting night. This is going to be a very stressful night, so you have to make sure that you are prepared for this. We're going to get through it all together, I promise, but it is going to be a stressful situation ultimately. Do you think, though, um, let's go ahead and, and let's run your opinion. Do you think that the Cowboys should trade up? I know that I don't think they should, uh, but do you think that the Cowboys should trade up. We want to hear your answers in the comments, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're watching on Facebook, whether you're watching on Twitter. Should the Dallas Cowboys trade up? The New England Patriots are on the clock, it is believed, with the 38th overall pick. So the Cowboys only have to wait six more picks. Should the Cowboys trade up? Yes or no? Now's the time or forever hold your peace. Aiden Guerrero says no. I agree with you, Aiden. Just sit. Sit and chill. This, this is it. Like You're never going to feel incredibly good, incredibly safe, incredibly stable throughout the NFL draft. Uh, Aiden says, hell no. Adds another one. We have a lot of picks. I agree with you. Uh, Cartel Perfect says uh, they tried to trade up with the Jets. That's what Twitter is saying. Um, th there is some talk that the Cowboys did attempt to move up with the New York Jets for the second pick of the night um, for the 34th overall pick. Uh, we've got the Abacus 30 says, I would give up a fifth rounder for Morig. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, at this point, you don't have to wait a lot or, or give up a lot, excuse me. Um, but I, I still don't think I think you're getting antsy if you're trying to move up right now. Um, and so you've you've just you've I know it's I know it sucks, but that's why we're here. We're here together. This is group therapy because ultimately there's going to be a really good football player on the board at uh, 44 overall. We are eking closer, trying to see what the New England Patriots are doing. Uh, the trade since so if you're curious what the Cowboys would have had to have given up. The Cincinnati Bengals just traded out of the 38th overall pick, 
and the New England Patriots to get there gave up 46, so their second round pick, 122 and 139. Um, so you'd have to give up. The Cowboys do have two fourth round picks. Would you give up both of your fourth round picks to move up right now? I don't think so. I I really don't. I mean that I don't I don't feel that desperate right now. Um, honestly, Joe Hart's as good a safety now after, uh, up after and and get uh, a cider ASAP. I think um, at certain. Um, I mean I I would not panic right now if I was the Dallas Cowboys. It's it's okay. Take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. I promise you. Uh, soon enough, uh, as uh, we've got Mike Golick announcing the Philadelphia Eagles pick. This is Landon Dickerson, the center here. Um, this is now a thing, right? Like people, they try to take over the NFL draft and announcing picks after Drew Pearson did it himself in 2018 in Philadelphia. Drew Pearson, by the way, will be announcing the Cowboys selection in just a bit, but uh, in case you don't remember, here is what Drew Pearson did the last time he announced the Dallas Cowboys draft selection. To announce the Dallas Cowboys selection, please welcome the University of Tulsa wide receiver Drew Pearson. All right. How about some Cowboys? I want to thank the Eagle fans for allowing me to have a career in the NFL. Thank you. I am honored as an undrafted free agent to be selected to make the Cowboys second round draft pick. And on behalf of the five-time world champion, Dallas Cowboys, Hall of Fame owner, Jerry Jones, and soaking in the hate and spitting it back. Hey, look. Oh, they loved it. That's red meat for that draft party there in Frisco, Texas. Fantastic. A job well done by Drew Pearson, certainly. Uh, one of the better moments in NFL draft history. Uh, that pick, Cheetah Bay Wuze, now playing elsewhere. You will recall that Cheetah... <coughs> Signed. It makes me emotional. Signed with the Cincinnati Bengals in free agency this year. So uh, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve tonight. The Chicago Bears have traded up um, here in the second round. Remember, the Bears traded up in the first round last night with the New York Giants. They gave up their future first round pick in 2022 to come all the way up from 20 to 11 to take quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State University. Uh, that is the Ohio State University. Uh, let's see here. Trade terms, uh, or rather not trade terms. Uh, but the Chicago Bears at 39 are taking uh, Tevin Jenkins, so an offensive tackle off the board here uh, in the second round. Still, there are still secondary players here. Um, let's see here. We now, oh, I, if you are a Christian Barmore fan, I apologize. The New England Patriots have selected 
Christian Barmore with the 38th overall selection. Uh, so he is gone to answer Eric's question. Uh, defensive tackle option off the board for many, but there are still a lot of secondary options. Things are going to be flying. This is going to be a really fast night. We're going to be trying to keep up with everything happening. We're going to be here throughout it all. We're going to have a couple of streams. This is our, two, our round two stream. We're going to have a third round stream as well here on the Blog and the Boys Network on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our Facebook page and on Twitter because we know that things are happening. We're going to get through them together. So what is happening now? Christian Barmore going to the New England Patriots, who, again, jumped up with the Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about, uh, let's see, Matt is upset. Uh, Matt is really upset, uh, particularly upset. Everybody sent some T's and P's to Matt. Look, I know that this is not ideal. Um, however, um, it's not the end of the world. Look, you're, you're not going to get every player that you're in love with. That's just the reality of all uh, of all this. I mean, you're not. And so losing Christian Barmore is really, you know, um, a situation that is, look, you're you're, you're going to walk away. I promise you, in about 10 minutes or so, the Dallas Cowboys, maybe not 10 minutes, in about 20 minutes, the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a player that we feel really good about. And look, honestly, if the Cowboys took Christian Barmore at 44 overall, I don't know that everybody would have been happy. I mean, like Matt Davis says, he was a first-round grade at a position we needed badly. Yes, that's true. The Cowboys really lack interior help along the defensive line. However, we talked last night when we debated, you know, the Micah Parsons pick in retrospect that how how badly the corner position was doing. And look, I say this now, we don't even know what the Cowboys are going to do at 44 overall, but I would bet my bottom dollar, shout out to Annie, of course, um, that it's going to be a player in the secondary because they really need help there. Um, let's see here. We now have uh, the details of this trade for the Bears, who took an offensive lineman, um, Tevin Jenkins, I believe is what we said. Uh, Chicago, the Panthers uh, traded out of 39 and also sent pick 151. Chicago sent 52, 83, and 204. So the Bears are just paying heavy prices here tonight. Um, they come up, they get their offensive lineman. But look, Look, you lose Christian Barmore, and I get it. Again, you're upset about it. But if if the Cowboys walked away from the first 44 picks of the draft with no secondary help, I think that that would really that would not be ideal. The Cowboys took the best player on their board, if you believe them, in Micah Parsons last night, and they have to stay true to that, and they ultimately still have to get a player who can help them in the secondary. David Lucas says, Morig, yes. Trayvon Morg, the safety out of TCU, is still available. If this happens, um, actually, I want to ask you this. If you, if the Cowboys take Trayvon Morg with the 44th overall pick, we are now five selections away. What will you do? What will you do? Coop447 also, by the way, asks Morig or Asante. Asante Samuel Jr., another option. That's I mean, look, we have two options here that are going to heavily please us as Dallas Cowboys fans. There's no denying that. And so that's why all these thoughts, and I get it, you want to trade up, but no, there's no reason to. This is a difficult exercise. It is an annual situation where we don't want to wait. We, we want now, we want now, we want now. Um, but um, there are a lot of players who can still help the Cowboys in the secondary. Let's see here. Making sure nothing crazy is happening. Oh, my dear. Um, okay, so we are now at a place. The Atlanta Falcons are on the clock, if you're watching on TV, uh, with the 40th overall selection. Um, let's all hold hands. Come in for the group hug. The Atlanta Falcons have selected um, Richie Grant. Richie Grant is gone now. Richie Grant was another option for the Cowboys, all right, at, at 44. But Richie Grant is gone. The Trayvon Morig dream is still alive. The Asante Samuel Jr. dream still alive. But Richie Grant is now gone. So this is 
heightening the pressure. The heat has turned up a little bit, all right? Things are getting a little bit more intense now, all right? So this is, um, uh, you know, this is a little bit scary. Swaggy D, Swaggy, how's it going? Says safeties are flying now. I think Swaggy has a, a Cyclops um, avatar, by the way. Shout out to you, Swaggy. Uh, Matt Davis says, I'm fine with Grant is gone. That's okay. Uh, Devin, just coming out and saying it. We want Mo Rick. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but pick number 40 again, the Atlanta Falcons taking uh, safety Richie Grant. So, you know, it is. But that's, you know, what's interesting about this is that, I mean, they did, they chose Richie Grant over Trayvon Morig. And I think all of us ultimately still would prefer Morig. And so, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons clearly don't. Um, the Atlanta Falcons have already, there's a, there's a sector of Cowboys fans that wanted Richie Grant, or at least would have, uh, been pleased with the selection of Richie Grant. Um, but so the Falcons, if you're that person, like the Falcons have walked away now with Kyle Pitts and Richie Grant. And I think a lot of Cowboys fans would have taken that, uh, when the draft began. Uh, but Chris says Trayvon Morig would work. That's where all our eggs are in right now. And after the Trayvon Morig pick happens i'm trying to manifest it see here now on the show uh we are going to get on with cole patterson from our talk in the draft crew he'll come on to talk about the newest member of the dallas cowboys i i still think the cowboys are wise for not trading up here apparently the lions are taking a defensive tackle here they are taking uh levi a difficult last name to pronounce i'm going to give it my best shot Onwin's a rookie, all right? But the point is, another defensive tackle off the board. So we have the New York Giants and San Francisco 49ers left uh, before the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. The dream is alive. Hold that hope, all right? Hold out hope. The dream is very much alive. This is very possible. Trayvon Morig could be a Dallas Cowboy in about uh, 10 minutes. Now it really is 10 minutes. Um uh, this is, how are you feeling? Let's go. How are you? Are you feeling nauseous? Are you feeling upset? Are you feeling antsy? Are you feeling fine? Maybe you're feeling peaceful. Maybe you're feeling calm. Clearly by the speed of my voice, I am not. Uh, so how are you feeling? Uh, this is, um, this is a really, really intense situation going on right now. Um, Trayvon Morig still on the board. This has not been a great draft for the Big 12, by the way, um, as, as has been noted, but the Cowboys, if he lasts, could fix this. This is exciting, people. Get pumped. Uh, the Cowboys, there's two teams left to dodge, and the Cowboys might might dodge these landmines here. How are you feeling? We want to know here on our blog and the boys network. We're streaming on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're going to be here all night and all day tomorrow. We will have different streams for every round. So if you're confused, make sure you look for the right one. This is our round two stream. Dan says nervous. Odessa says stressed out. Clint Jones, ooh, this is this this brings back some Xavier McKinney vibes. Says I'm worried about the Giants taking Morig. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did technically prohibit uh, the Giants from selecting Devontae Smith last night. They uh, wound up with Kadarius Tony. Eric brings up something interesting. As long as we get Morig or, Sa- or Samuel Jr., there are two players right now that I think we would be very very excited about as Dallas Cowboys fans. And considering there are only two picks remaining before the Cowboys are on the clock, I mean. Something something's gonna work out well here. Anthony says uneasy and grumpy. Uh, are both of those uh, members of the Seven Dwarves, or just one of them? Um, it's it's all good. But yes, if you're joining us, um, you know, over the last five minutes or so, Richie Grant is gone. The Atlanta Falcons taking the UCF safety. Trayvon Morig still on the board the dream lives for the dallas cowboys in that capacity it is exciting right now this this could really happen i know there's a lot of cowboys fans who are tcu fans um do you think it happens in fact let's just predict it the 
shoot your shot. Okay, we have an update. The New York Giants have traded the 42nd overall pick to the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins now on the clock with pick number 42. Uh, What is going to happen here? Who are the Miami Dolphins coming up to get? We know, obviously, they had a great Thursday night, a great first round. Um, What do what do the Dolphins want? What do the Dolphins need? Is is this something that is scaring you? Matt Davis says, yes. Uh, oh, I think you're manifesting. Now says, wait, no. Um, I think talking about the Miami Dolphins, this, this is troublesome because everybody knows the Dallas Cowboys need uh, help, obviously, in the secondary. And so Miami jumping, Miami has a lot of draft capital. Matt Davis thinking, I think what we all don't want to say out loud, that secondary could be where they're coming. Um, Christopher, I think, do we all agree with Christopher that it is that this is this this Miami trade is for one of Trayvon Morig or Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, it feels like it, right? Like it feels like that's what's going to happen. Uh, let's see, Sean, go ahead and, and calling a shot, saying they're coming up to get Asante Samuel Jr. Um, I think Alex Bregman just did something great for the Houston Astros, according to Twitter, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, still waiting, still waiting, watching Twitter, watching Twitter. What is happening with the Miami Dolphins? I do think that this is potentially a secondary pick. Um, I'm watching Twitter ever so closely because we need to see what are you doing, Dolphins? Hurry up. We need to know what are the Miami Dolphins doing with the 42nd overall pick. Um, I had a root beer last night, tonight. Tonight's a different night. Tonight we need some energy. So making sure, um, you know, we're properly uh, caffeinated for this evening. But the Miami Dolphins on the clock. Um, The Giants, I mean, Dave Gettleman had never traded back in the first round prior to last night. Just traded back again, uh, this time with the Miami Dolphins, traded back last night with the Chicago Bears. Uh, So Dave Gettleman is just feeling himself, it seems, uh, told the whole world that he had no interest in trading back and that he didn't want to get fleeced. Um, now is just a trade back machine. Let's see. The Giants uh, traded 42 to the Miami Dolphins for pick number 50 and a third rounder. That's what the Dolphins gave up. They gave up pick number 50, so their second round pick, and a third rounder. Miami, uh, excuse me, New York is stockpiling a lot of picks, uh, which is not ideal, but at least they don't have Devontae Smith. Miami could be going offensive tackle here. Uh, that's what Devin just said here. Um, this this could be a number of different things. Um, Twitter is just, you know, sometimes when you need Twitter, it is not coming through for you. Hurry up. We got to know what is happening here with the Miami Dolphins. Anybody, if you see it, tell us. We are going to get through this together. Um, nope, nothing yet. Nothing yet. What's going on? Um the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, very, very, very close to being on the clock. Uh, we know who the Detroit Lions picked. Uh, we still have a lot of options for the Dallas Cowboys, all right? Uh, Troy says, who are we hoping for? Let's go ahead and get your thoughts, and we've been talking about this for the last 10 or so minutes. Who do you want the Dallas Cowboys to take with the 44th overall pick when they ultimately get it? Hang on. Hold right there. The Dolphins pick is in. The Miami Dolphins have selected offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg, so not a secondary player. Woo! Everybody party. All right. Everything is still alive. We only have one pick left to dodge, but for the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Trayvon Morig still there. Asante Samuel Jr. still there. Ifeatu Melifanwu still there. Lots of options available for the Dallas Cowboys in terms of secondary help. So hope is very much alive for the Cowboys with the 44th overall pick. They took Micah Parsons last night. Cartel saying one more pick. We just have to make it one more. Devin says, told you, tackle. Congratulations, Devin. Really got us through the night so far. 
Uh, the Dolphins, hey, good for them getting a tackle. Uh, but one more pick, and the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Let's get excited. Who do you think the Dallas Cowboys are taking with the 44th overall pick? Give us your predictions right now in the comments, whether you're watching on Facebook, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're watching on Twitter. Who are the Dallas Cowboys going to take with their pick right now in the second round? Holy crap, hang on. Uh, the 49ers, who were right ahead of the Dallas Cowboys, have traded the 43rd overall pick to the Las Vegas Raiders. Is Rod Marinelli going to do this? Rod. Be cool, man. All right. Be cool, Rod. We we put up with the taco stuff. We put up with the Tristan Hill thing, and maybe that works out someday. Uh, but the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers have traded the 43rd overall pick to the Las Vegas Raiders. This is, I believe, the fourth trade back in the second round already. There is a lot happening, a lot of information, which is why we are here together to get through it all. We're going to be here all throughout the night. Uh, whoa, my goodness. Matt Davis saying our deepest fears, the Raiders need a safety, but they have Jeff Heath. Why would you draft? Who, who would ever draft a safety if they had Jeff Heath on their roster? Seriously, Matt. I mean, what kind of question is this? Uh, but what is happening here? Um, what? Who are the Raiders taking? Uh, right before the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock, but the Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock themselves. The TV broadcast is behind, so make sure you are hanging out with us for the rest of Esta Noche because, goodness gracious, it's in fuego. This is so much fun. I feel so alive and so dead inside at the same time. What is going to happen? Um, the, nope, that's the Lions pick. Still waiting, still waiting, still waiting. Come on, Raiders. We know you want to give us something terrible. Reach, Raiders, reach. We need the Raiders to reach everybody. Uh, Aiden saying the important thing. Jeff Heath, the goat. You know, you know. Matt Davis says, "I love this show. Appreciate you, Matt. Love you too, buddy." Um, all right, let's go. Come on. Uh, nope, still nothing. What are you waiting for? Twitter, we need to know who the Raiders have taken. Where are all the Raiders insiders right now when we need you? This is a moment of extreme stress, a moment of extreme nausea, a moment of extreme hyperventilation. Um, they do have a needed safety. Come on, come on. Come on, Twitter. Twitter's sucking right now. All right, we're still waiting. If you see what the Raiders are doing, um, this is uh, this is this is really um, ESPN's Justina Anderson. By the way, just tweeted that an NFL source said that this is out of control with all the tradebacks. You think? Yeah, we're going nuts here uh, with all this happening. Um, nope, that's all good. That's the Giants trade. Who have the Raiders taken? We need to know who the Raiders took. We need to know who the Raiders took. We don't care about the Giants trade Twitter. I have a thousand computers in this room, by the way, if it's not obvious. I'm not like just, I don't enjoy not looking at you. It's just, this is where the information is right now. So that's why I'm looking over here. I'm not like proud of like my profile or anything. This is just the setup that we have for the night. All right, so we're trying to make it through this evening together as one large Dallas Cowboys family. That's what we're working with, people. What are you doing, Raiders? We've been waiting for like 45 minutes to know who you are drafting. This is taking forever. There is no excuse for this at this point. Um, nope, nothing yet so far. What is happening? Um, the Las Vegas Raiders are taking uh, – here we go, here we go. Uh, oh. I'm so sorry, everybody. The Las Vegas Raiders have taken TCU safety Trayvon Morig. That's not a joke. I really am so, so, so sorry. The Cowboys got sniped again. The Cowboys got sniped last night uh, in the first round. The Carolina Panthers took J.C. Horn. The Denver Broncos took Patrick Sertan. And the Las Vegas Raiders just took TCU safety Trayvon Morig right from out underneath the Cowboys' 
Okay, it's okay. It's all good. We've been talking about this. We prep for this, people. We've run drills, all right? There's no reason to, no reason to freak out. Yes, we were in love with the idea of Trayvon Morig, but Asante Samuel Jr. is still there. Ifate Melifon was still there. Um, Aziz is still there. There are a lot of options still on the board for the Dallas Cowboys. I still don't know what the Raiders gave up in this uh, particular draft to come up and get their guy. Uh, I hope it was worth it. Um, still no. Oh, here we go. Uh, the, the Raiders gave up, obviously, uh, their second round pick, pick 49 and 121. So a fourth round pick. And in exchange, they got this pick that they just used in uh, 229. So a sixth round pick. Um, so effectively a fourth, sixth swap. I do think um, I do think that I would have done that. And I think that Everybody here would have done that. Would you, yes or no, would you have swapped fourth and sixth round picks with the 49ers to get Trayvon Morig? I think the answer is yes. However, however, it's fair to say that the answer is no because there are still a lot of players that the Cowboys really, really, really like and should like because that's the way the NFL draft goes. We're still not at a position of panic. We're still not at a point where anything's going to be bad. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, we are waiting to see, though, who the Dallas Cowboys are going to take. The Dallas Cowboys are on the clock themselves. Uh, so let's let's get let's get the, the juices going, people. The Cowboys are on the clock. Um, who are the, who are the Dallas Cowboys taking? Let's go. I think Asante Samuel Jr. makes sense. Um, that's I think that that makes sense. Uh, our withrow says getting sniped twice hurts. Yes, it does. And maybe that's a lesson for the Dallas Cowboys to not be so predictable. Uh, but that's a whole different thing. Um, so who are the Dallas Cowboys taking? We want predictions right now. Who are the Dallas Cowboys taking with the 44th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft? They are on the clock. Give us your answers in the comments, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're watching on Facebook, whether you're watching on Twitter. Who are the Dallas Cowboys going to take right now? We want to know what you think. Who's going to get it right? Uh, David says, if they ought to. Joe says, Samuel Jr. Matt Davis is Samuel's the safest pick. Pete is a Perkins fan. Um, still nothing yet. Still waiting on an update. Um, oh, the Cowboys pick. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down everything. Everything slow down. We have an update of sorts, people. Get excited because, uh, let's get this up here. Let's get this up here. Let's get this up here. We're, we're focusing. We're getting done really fast. Everybody relax. Don't worry. I'm getting it done. Getting it done. Getting it done. The pick is in for the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys with the 44th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft have taken Kelvin Joseph, uh, Kentucky corner Kelvin Joseph. That is who the Dallas Cowboys have taken with the 44th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Your thoughts, your first reactions. We want your first initial reaction uh, in terms of who the Dallas Cowboys are taking. Again, Kentucky cornerback Kelvin Joseph is the pick. Uh, a bit of a stunner here. I'm not going to lie to you. A bit of a stunner. Um, I think that we, you know, we're expecting a lot of different things, but certainly a serviceable player. David says, okay, okay, I like. Troy says, love it. And I think that that's what this draft is is yielding in some senses. Um, is He is a solid player. There's not, again, we, we, again, I mentioned a moment ago, the Cowboys should, should grow to be less predictable. Um, but, um, you know, 
they're not being predictable here. The Micah Parsons thing didn't come out of nowhere. Um, so it wasn't like supremely shocking. The Kelvin Joseph thing, not incredibly shocking either. Um, but wow, let's see. Again, your reactions. We're working on getting Cole Patterson in here to discuss this with us now. Uh, let's get Cole the message right now. Cole, uh, we want you in here to talk about this. Kelvin Joseph, the newest member of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I have some questions, if I'm being honest. Um, I'm. This is a little... Out of left field is not the proper term, um, but I don't know. I mean, this is um, <laughs> this is a a little strange. Now, Troy says he had a second round grade, good value, yes, very good value, um, but just you know, a, a little bit of a, a not a, a curveball is not that I would have put it either, uh, but a little bit of a. Surprise may be the best word. A little bit of a surprise. Uh, we really, 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 I think, all thought that um, that this would go one of two different ways. Um, but it did not. Uh, clearly, we're waiting on Cole Patterson to join us. Uh, Cameron? Cameron. Cameron says, sorry, Cameron. Can they get a safety next? That would be great. Here, Here's the thing. The Cowboys have now addressed the secondary. Um, I agree with the, all of you commenting that if I, if I Melifon, it would have been a great pick. Asante Samuel Jr. would have been a great pick. Um, you know, this is still not, you know, again, not a terrible situation. Clinton Jones is another taco. That's a bit harsh. All right. Let's, let's not, let's not say things that we can't take back here, Clint. Um, but this is, again, this is a really, 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 um, uh, again, surprise curveball out of left field, um, type situation. Um, I don't think as we get our Instagram post, right, that's what I'm doing here uh, on the side, but, um, I just, I, I really am, am again, I, I mean, I'm not speechless, but, um, this is, uh, look, the, ultimately here, ultimately the Cowboys just got help for their secondary secondary and a fine player, um, again, not the name. And I think that that's what happened last night is everybody was obsessed with particular players, with particular names, with particular whatever. And so as a result, um, you know, when, when the Cowboys took Micah Parsons, I think people were a little bit shocked by it. Um, not that nobody knew his name, but just in the sense that, you know, people were expecting different things. And I think that that's what's happening again. This draft is just kind of throwing us for a loop um, in a particular way. We've got our Kelvin Joseph information up for you, by the way, working on getting it up on our big screen here because we're super fancy. Kelvin Joseph is the pick for the Dallas Cowboys, a five foot one, 197 pound corner again out of Kentucky. Um, their second round pick, 44th overall selection. Uh, Matt Davis says, I don't understand why they would have grabbed one of those two again, talking about Melifondo and Asante Samuel Jr. Um, and, and I agree. And, and I, I really agree. And I felt the same way when the Cowboys didn't take Rashawn Slater last night. And that's a little bit of a different thing um, because, you know, the positional, you know, situation of that is very different. Um, five foot one, a lot of people, you know, uh, I think, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> not, not, uh, hang on. We're, it's, uh, we're, it's a live show. Don't worry. Uh, but, um, Look, um, it's all good. He is not five foot one. Uh, it's it's all good. Some like sometimes you know it is what it is. Hey, people, we're we're here live. Not five foot one. Hey, look, this is this is a pick that we're having to process together. So we're working on getting uh, our graphic updated for you uh, as we juggle as we juggle a thousand different things. That's what happens here. This is a really wild night, obviously, and this has been a really wild twenty four hours for the Dallas Cowboys overall um in terms of what they have done because they have kind of like 
they, they haven't surprised us, uh, but but they have indeed, you know, Todd Hollerman with a great comment uh, talking Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn is a, a great former player. Not five for one, everybody. It's all good. Uh, but um, so ultimately, here's how I feel. I, I, I saw a comment a minute ago that said watching RJ squirm is the best part of this. I, it is a bit of a squirm. Like, I, I don't think this is not what any of us wanted, to be clear here, right? Like, no, but no, none of us an hour ago were like, man. I hope the Cowboys draft Kelvin Joseph. That's This is not what we wanted. We were expecting something else. And I think we have to look at the psychology of the situation. And that's, you know, I'm not trying to get, like, too deep on you. But last night, I think something that happened, as Cole Patterson is set to join us, is we were all stunned and shocked by the fact that Rashawn Slater, not Rashawn Slater, that uh, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan had gone right before the Dallas Cowboys picked. And that was a really, really, really abrupt way to kind of start the Micah Parsons era for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that a similar thing is happening here in the fact that Trayvon Morick went right, literally right before this pick. Cole Patterson, how goes it, my dude? Hope your night is going well. Um, yeah. We are uh, <laughs> We are now, ev- everyone is freaking out. Cole Patterson, one third of our Talking the Draft crew here at Blog of the Boys. Cole, uh, your initial thoughts on the Kelvin Joseph and everybody. The graphic is uh, all good here. He is five foot eleven, not five foot one. That was our bad. Cole, we'd be very yeah. bad if he was five one and we drafted him in the second round. But no, yeah, um, yeah. Part of me, uh, I guess, a lot of me was hoping for it. Trevon Merrig. We almost got there. Um, as you kind of mentioned, it kind of was kind of the same story in the first round. Um, one pick away for one of the guys you really wanted. Yeah, Kelvin Joseph, he's a guy, he's really long. He's He matched up really well with some of the top receivers in the SEC. Um, he started his career at LSC before transferring over to Kentucky. And, yeah, he just came on really strong um, when he was in Lexington playing for the Wildcats. Um, one of his best games actually occurred to a guy that's going to be in the division, um, Devontae Smith. Um, he matched up really well against Devontae Smith, used his size to his advantage. And I think that was one of the biggest games that really – you know, got him onto the national scene as far as uh, the draft goes. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really good pick. Um, obviously, I really would have liked um, Merrick. Uh, Grant was another guy, but I don't think you can be mad at all with Kel- Kelvin Joseph um, with this, in the second round. So, Cole, let's talk about Kelvin's strengths. You mentioned, obviously, the game against Devontae Smith. Um, it, the Cowboys cornerback room is how much better now, right now, this second, after this pick? Um, I think it... <laughs> I don't want to be like exaggerate too much, but it has to be a lot better um, than what you were looking at going into the day. Um, just for the fact that you really didn't know who was going to be starting in week one, um, really outside of Trevon Diggs. Um, there's going to be a battle with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis in that slot role. Um, but you don't know if you want to rely on either one of those guys to be starting on the boundary. Um, so just, just from that standpoint, I think it has to be a lot better. Um, probably not as great as it would have been if we got Sertan or um, – J.C. Horn in the first round, or even Greg Newsom, somebody like that. But, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that can come right in and compete for some snaps. Um, like I said, he was a guy that played at two different programs in the SEC. Um, and he's a guy that you – know, he had some first-round hype at some point um, in the pre-draft process. His teammate, Jamin Davis, went in the first round of Washington, obviously. But some people thought he could have sn- snuck in as well. Um, so I think it was very important for them to get a guy that they can rely on to play some meaningful snaps in year one. So, Cole um- – I think that the sticker shock of this is is what people are dealing with right now. And I think that Kel, I mean, you play football at Kentucky and you're not exactly a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
that's something that people are, I think, frustrated by. And I think what happens is we all fall in love with different names, different people, different Asante Samuel Jr. is one of those, like, right? Like he has this yeah. like na- name value recognition that people know and people associate here. Um, mm. I, I want to throw you a hypothetical. Um, and I realize this is not practical because he was not an option for the Cowboys at 10 before they traded back. But would mm. you rather have, say, Patrick Sertan had fallen and we'll call it Nick Bolton? or Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph? If you're watching along, which duo would yeah. you rather have? Cole, your thoughts. Me personally, I'd rather have the first duo, Sertan and Nick Bolton. Um, part of that's because of positional value. Take a corner in the first right. rather than a linebacker in the top 15. Um, but another reason, I mean, uh, when I'm at co-host, you know, talking to, talking to star Connor, Connor loves he's really high on Nick Bolton as well. And he thinks Nick Bolton's just as good as Micah Parsons. If you get him in the second round on day two and get a guy in Sertan that you know would start day one, the moment he uh, got into the roster, I think you're feeling really, really well about that. But, I mean, uh, they were off the board, and I think the Cowboys did as well as they could have done if they were focused on addressing corner and linebacker in the first two rounds. Um, for those, like you said, maybe not everybody knows about uh, Kelvin Joseph. He played at uh, Kentucky, not exactly a blue blood program. By any stretch, but he's a guy that was near the top of the SEC in interceptions. He had pick six in the Tennessee game. Um, just reading uh, some Twitter reactions as well, Jeff Cavanaugh from 105 fan said his tape is as good as anybody in this draft class. Um, there are some off the field problems. Um, I guess question box is a better way to put it. Um, he left LSU and it probably wasn't his choice to leave LSU. Um, he opted out at the end of the season as well from Kentucky. Um, but just on uh, film, he's really, really good. He's got the size and I think you have to be happy as a Cowboys fan. Um, like I said, I know some people are hoping for Merrick to fall, but um, I think this is a pretty nice consolation prize. You mentioned uh, Jeff Cavanaugh's tweet on Twitter at JC1053, the fan. His tweet just mm. now, three minutes ago, Kelvin Joseph on tape alone is as good as the top group of corners. And so, again, you know, this this is a situation. Todd Cook says this isn't a bad pick at all. He's talented. Where I think this is a player that Cowboys have Cowboys fans have to learn about a little bit. It's not your obvious, yeah. you know, not not playing on Saturday nights on ABC type thing. This this is this is a, a, a marinated appreciation, if that makes sense. Again, mm. that's that's part of his story. What I want to say, or what, what I want to ask you is you mentioned the transfer from LSU um, yeah. and and this you know as soon as the pick was in Twitter's kind of you know um, going off uh, about this but <laughs> not the same not this not the same thing by any measure but if the Cowboys are really focused on building a prominent culture, if there is even a tiny bit of a question yeah. mark with Kelvin Joseph, after you took mm-hmm. Micah Parsons in the first round, not trying to rehash that, um, that that mm-hmm. is a little bit that, that that's a little bit speculative I think for, as oh, far yeah. as your own class is concerned at the present moment. No, for sure. I know. I definitely agree with that. Um, that's kind of why I was a little bit iffy on the um, on the possibility of drafting Christian Barmore. Um, I've heard some right. people say they're close to that program. Actually, tell me that you know, not really off the field problems, but he's not always the hardest working guy in the room. Christian Barmer, I'm talking about. Um, that's another guy you kind of would be kind of concerned about bringing into a culture. Obviously, New England has a strong enough culture to kind of maybe counter that. Dallas, I don't know. You're trying to rebuild that defense. You're trying to get some more guys that you know, work as hard and put the team first and not too worried about social media and their brand and everything per se. Um, obviously Jalen Smith gets a lot of criticism in that aspect, but no, I agree. Um, any off the field problems, probably a little, uh, iffy, but I mean, at the end of the day, they're looking for ball players. I think Michael Parsons, even though I don't really love the value, he's a really good football player. Kelvin Joseph is a guy that's his film really shows he's worth a top 50 pick, but no, I completely agree. When you're trying to build a culture, uh, probably kind of risky to take two chances, um, back-to-back rounds. Um, so, we'll see. um, 
trying to read the comments here. Todd says, I don't know exactly what you're responding to, Todd. Uh, who you're saying is absolutely correct. I don't know if that's Cole, probably because Cole's a genius. Uh, <laughs> but I would rather have Newsom or over or Samuel have him over Newsom or Samuel. Um, would you rather? Would you rather have? You were a big Newsom fan, Cole, the whole run up to the draft process. Uh, yeah. But would, would you rather have Kelvin Joseph over Asante Samuel Jr. as an example? Uh, yes, for the Cowboys. Um, just because Asante Samuel Jr. is a smaller guy. Um, I really like him as well, but Cowboys probably would have had him in the slot and move Anthony Brown to the boundary, which is something pretty concerning, honestly. Uh, Anthony Brown's a better slot corner. But um, – I prefer Kelvin Joseph over Asante Samuel just for that, for the Cowboys. Excuse me, specifically, I can't get it out. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't know about Newsom, though. I was a big Newsom guy. He does have some uh, injury problems, but um, I like Kelvin Joseph. Uh, DallasCowboys.com's Dave Hellman tweeting right now. Kelvin Joseph is a first-round talent, and I think the red flags, I'm curious if you agree with this call, are more about focus than who he is as a person. So, again, very different situation mm -hmm. than Micah Parsons and what happened. Um, I do want to – I've lost the tweet now in the fastness – or the fastness, the speed of the night. <laughs> uh, but I saw, yeah. um, I saw Marcus Mosier had a tweet. Um, this yeah. is a bit of an exaggerated point, but Jason Garrett's gone. This was a tweet. Now, now time to bring in the bad dudes. And I don't agree with that, like conceptually, but these do yeah. feel like two picks that maybe. And I know that the Cowboys did some things in Jason Garrett's era that that were, you know, yeah. uh, quote unquote suspect. But this, these do kind of feel like two picks that maybe wouldn't have happened two years ago. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. They kind of did want some clean guys in the Jason Garrett area. Maybe they're willing to take more chances uh, with Mike McCarthy in charge, a new, you know, a new regime and everything like that. Um, obviously, completely different situation, but we always talked about how J.C. Horn had some dog in him how he, on the field. He, he was going to get up in your grill and all that. And Kelvin Joseph has some, some, some of that to him as well. Um, I think they are looking for some dogs on that defense. They don't really have any guys like that. Um, outside of Tank, really, maybe Javon Diggs as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to disagree with that when you look at their first two picks in this year's draft. This is um, overall the class is now now we have a, a class right now. We have a couple of players to look at. And when yeah. you look at the class as a as a whole right now, and we still have three picks to go tonight. Potentially, we'll see if the Cowboys get antsy and move one way. Um, mm -hmm. how, how would you grade the class? And if you're watching um, how would you grade the class overall, the selections of Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph? I do think that you could have made uh, – I, I know we all made the argument prior to the draft beginning um, that that corner and linebacker were arguably the two weakest positions on the team from an overall yeah. depth standpoint. You could certainly throw a tackle in that mix, and the Cowboys have addressed both of those. Um, Micah Parsons as a top potentially generational talent, and Kelvin Joseph is a potential first-round talent. And when you're drafting, it, 44 is not super high, but when you're up near mm -hmm. the top, you do want to hope that you get a first-round talent that fell for one reason or another, which in Kelvin's yeah. case may have been the focus issues at LSU. Yeah, I think I'd give the two picks like a B-. minus. Uh, it's kind of hard just because, again, the positional value of Parsons, he, he can very well turn out to be a great player, but there are some off-the-field question marks as well. Kelvin Joseph, he's a good player, but there's some off-the-field question marks there as well. Um, and you're kind of hoping for Merrig or Grant to fall to you. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to give it anything higher than a B in that range. I'll say a B minus because it's not the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. You're getting two really good uh, prospects that can step right in and help this defense. Um, certainly change the tone of this defense, be a little bit more aggressive on the football field. Um, I Speaking on Joseph, some people are not really – 
familiar and kind of disappointed with him. It looks like just reading the comments, but he's a guy, <laughs> as I said, you know, he, he's a big time football player um, against Alabama with their uh, talented crew of wide receivers that are going to be drafted this year and the upcoming seasons. Um, he gave up just three or he gave up zero catches, excuse me, on three targets. Uh, he intercepted a pass and had two pass deflections as well. Um, and that's the best of the best competition. Really the only game they really struggled in, really matchup, I would say, is probably Kyle Pitts. But, I mean, yeah, almost everybody struggled against Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a matchup nightmare for a reason. I started that, like uh, like you said, I mean, Jeff Kavanaugh, he, he considers him among the best draft prospects at the position, at least on tape. Um, Hellman, he's another guy that's really high on him. It sounds like just from if you're looking – if you're just watching the film, you're just watching him. It's really hard to complain. Um, but like I said, I get that he doesn't have the hype that other players had. Um, he transferred schools during his career. He didn't finish last season. Um, he opted out towards the end. So there are some question marks. There are some stuff that people aren't really familiar with. But he's a really good football player, and I think that's what Dallas needed in their secondary. Are you at all upset that the Cowboys didn't trade up for Trayvon Morig? Because that's what, you know, I know you got here a little while ago, um, yeah. but I, I believe uh, looking back on it, the the Raiders swapped fourth and sixth round picks with San Francisco mm. in order to do that. Would you have yeah. rather done that or would you, you know, are you fine with the Cowboys waiting and taking uh, again? I think. Yeah. There's, I think, I think the the reality is starting to set in for people, and I think they're over the moment that passed, and I think people are not kind of coming around. I saw a tweet, a comment a moment ago that said, "I just watched some of his highlights. Definitely a great player." Um, but um, all that being said, I I think that this is the this is maybe the best the Cowboys could have done so far this draft specifically when you factor in that they got sniped back to back in front of their tenth overall pick yeah. and right before. Uh, with the Raiders. So, all things considered, yeah. would you have rather traded up for Mo Riggs? I guess my question. Yeah, that's the thing. They got sniped one pick before and back to back rounds, which you don't really see very often. Um, two positions of need as well. Um, I, I went I, I went into tonight wanting Merrick the most out of any player. Um, I think he's a guy that could step right in at safety. But, I mean, he fell to 43. So, I mean, I don't think you can blame the Cowboys for sitting there. And they still got a good player in Kelvin Joseph. Um, Richie Grant, he got the 40, so he was in range as well. Um, if you told me Richie Grant went off the board really, really early, or even Mary went off really, really early, like in the uh, first few picks of the night, if you wanted, if you could argue to move up for one of those two guys, but the fact that they were there in range, I mean, it looked like there's a really good chance of them falling to Dallas. It's just not how it, uh, how the dice is rolled tonight. Um, but you still got a good player. Yeah, and in that sense, um, I. Applaud is a heavy word, but I commend the Cowboys as I fight off a sneeze. Um, truly a live show um, for yeah. for not for not panicking. They didn't panic when they got sniped in the first round. They didn't panic here. They still mm-hmm. walked away with players who they're big fans of uh, and who certainly a lot of people are big fans of. Um, so. Ultimately, I think what's what's there to be upset about if, if you're considered yeah. like they, they've reacted well, which is a hard thing to do in the middle of a draft. Yeah, I mean, people are going to complain regardless um, of what happens. I think th- I think they're off to a solid start in the draft first two rounds. Obviously, it's hard to give it anything higher than a B um, because you missed out on Horn because you missed out on a safety stuff like that. Um, but I do think it's a solid draft. They have some they have some areas they can address in the third round. Remember, they have 
three third round picks. Um, so they have a lot of, uh, you know, they have a lot of darts to throw tonight, which is really exciting. They can address different positions. Um, I'll look for them to address the secondary again, maybe double up a corner, possibly take a safety. Um, defensive tackle is another area where I would like for them to look at as well. Um, perhaps Marvin Wilson or, or Lee McNeil. Um, Dalton mm. Harris guy is there in the third yeah. round. Um, uh, Afitu Melifonwu is, is another possible uh, target in the third round at corner. He's another lengthy guy that can uh, really sure up that secondary. Um, and you never know what's going to happen in safety. There's, a, I mean, our Darius Washington's a guy who a lot of Cowboys fans love. He's obviously really, really small. But he's, a, he's a ball hawk, and he's a guy that's probably the best safety on film. At least he has an argument to be the best safety in this draft class. Perhaps he's there in the third round, if not later. Um, I don't think it's a disaster. I'm reading some of the comments on the YouTube saying F and stuff like that, um, grading it very poorly. Again, I get the frustration. I myself was frustrated last night um, with Michael Parsons because you missed out on the two corners right. and all of that. But, I mean, uh, if you told me they came away with a starting linebacker and a starting corner in the first two rounds, it's hard to be too upset about that. Um, I, again, I get, to get the frustrations, but I don't think it's the end of the world or it's a disaster either. Cole, we've been talking about, um, obviously, Calvin and his strengths. If you could slide over to your left, uh, just so you don't cover up this tweet a little bit. Uh, his, his, game, uh, your, <laughs> there you go. Uh, his game against Alabama. Yeah, you're an SEC guy. We've got the stats uh, up yeah. here for you. Um, uh, it's, it's hard, I mean, to have this type of performance, yet Calvin did it. Um, and you mentioned, obviously, the performance against Devontae Smith. Um, that that I, I'm not saying like that alone is something to hang mm -hmm. your hat on, but that is a lot of confidence something. I think to, to build off of. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, Devontae Smith is obviously an elite tier of wide receivers in this year's class, and and Kelvin Joseph more than held his own. Obviously, it's one game. I mean, he wasn't matched up with him every single snap. Um, Devontae Smith is obviously a really good player, but the fact that Kelvin Joseph matched up really well at the first time prospect, um, and that's not really. I mean, it wasn't just a one game thing either. It's a, Again, like Kyle Pitts is really the only guy that really burned him or anything like that. But outside of J.C. Horn, um, Kyle Pitts really burned everybody he went up against. And, you know, Kevin Joseph is a guy who's a former five-star prospect that went to LSU before transferring over to Kentucky. He's got a good pedigree. Um, really, all his question marks are off the field. Um, it's not, it's not like he has anything severely off the field that's going to make him undraftable, but it's enough to, you know, push him out of the second round. Or push them into the second round. If anybody was on the uh, edge of their seats, or you know, kind of going back and forth, should we should we spend a first round pick or not on him? Do you have to feel probably push him in the second round? But uh, I think he's a guy that uh, can come in and play immediate snaps in the Cowboys secondary. Obviously, you know, rookie corners are always uh, you know iffy. They're they're going to have some down years. They're going to have some down performances in their first year in the league. Um, but I think he's a worth uh, he's a risk worth taking right now and. Uh, I don't think you can be too upset about it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I agree. Um, this this isn't, you know, it's weird because I feel like the Cowboys got sniped for picks that were predictable right before the draft started. Ian Rappaport yeah. jumped on NFL Network and, and you know, who knows? Uh, but mm-hmm. Ron, by the way, Rondale Moore going to the Arizona Cardinals um, mm-hmm. just now. But, I like that fit. Yeah, but you know what? I loved the Andy Isabella pick a few years ago. I'm like, that hasn't yeah. panned out either, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, fair enough. Right, but so Ian Rappaport jumping on NFL Network right before the drafts, or right before tonight, and saying um, that the Cowboys all along didn't want a corner. That you know there was a lot of smoke screens going on. That even the Eagles were pushing corner, but they really wanted Devontae Smith. Um, that does kind of sound like you know backtracking or, or just kind of um, convenient yeah. truth now that the Cowboys walked away with Micah Parsons. But um, I mean the 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 names they were linked to. If if the Cowboys. If you want to believe in your like, you know, most optimistic heart of hearts, um, that that the Cowboys are truly putting out all this, like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy, the guys at the draft should talk about the pen throws, right? Like Trayvon Mowry could be like a pen throw, or like, oh, you know, like we were so in on Trayvon Mowry when when this is really what they wanted. And I'm not I'm Uh, I'm not saying that Kelvin Joseph was their ideal pick at 44 overall, mm -hmm. but it does seem like they have at worst pivoted in a really fair and bright way but at best potentially hidden their true intentions very well yeah i just it's hard for me to buy that you know right, um, right. I mean, yeah, I, there's, there's a level the of, of of supreme uh, you know optimism yeah. or naivete involved here mm-hmm. i would love it if that was the truth and i really believed it i just don't buy it especially in the first round you know i mean there were there was some reports that i believe that was at least acquired about moving up to six because they were afraid of being wiped out at corner. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe that is a smokescreen as well. Maybe that is um, some misleading information, but I find it hard to believe Michael Parsons was the top defensive player on their board. Um, again, I think Michael Parsons himself said that um, he was told it's going to be between him and one of the corners. And once Sertan went off the board, he was like, okay, then it's going to be me. So it sounds like the guy they picked knew he wasn't the very – top of their board on defense so it's kind of you know everybody wants to save face we didn't get our guy and i think everybody knows we didn't get our guy and that's okay um but i mean i think they've rebounded well i mean kelvin joseph again i think they did want a safety but again there's worse consolation prizes out there just looking at uh kelvin joseph's stats as well as we, we already kind of touched on in the alabama game um but he performed well throughout the season um really with the exception of that florida game and even then he I mean, it wasn't like the worst game ever, but, you know, against Mississippi State, they're an air raid offense. They throw the ball around a lot. Um, he had an interception there. He had an interception against Tennessee that he returned, that he returned for a touchdown. He had another against Georgia. I mean, you got to remember, he played an all-SEC schedule this year. And say what you about, want about the SEC hype and SEC bias and everything, but the fact of the matter is there's a lot of talent in that conference, and he more than held his own week in and week out. Uh, Mark Stoops is the guy, Kentucky's head coach. Mark Stoops is a guy that has a long history of producing successful NFL defensive backs. So that's another thing that can you can hang your hat on. Um, obviously, it's really hard to predict success, success for guys in the draft. It's always a crapshoot. 
But, I mean, again, I think there's worse options to Kevin Joseph in the second round. They got a guy that can step right in and play uh, significant snaps. And this is the second year in a row that they spend a second-round pick on a corner that they're hoping becomes a foundational piece um, on their yeah. defense. No, and, and to that point, I mean, you know, this is the third time in the last five drafts that they spent a second-round pick on a corner, counting Cheeto, mm-hmm. uh, incidentally, also announced by Drew Pearson. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ra- Raul Duke says, we got Kelvin Joseph with Samuel and Melifonu both on the board. I think this this is something that people, because unlike last night with Horn and Sertang, uh, people will nitpick this. And you said mm-hmm. something a little while ago, Cole, talking, you said for the Cowboys, the Cowboys yeah. are never going to draft Asante Samuel Jr. They never yeah. were. He, he didn't fit their size requirements. So, like, you can be mm-hmm. upset about that all you want, but that's, mm-hmm. not, that's not a decision they made tonight. Yeah. Um, Talk us through Kellen versus Melifanu then, because that that yeah. seems to have been the true choice that they made. Yeah. So if you listen to the um, talking the draft on the Blogging the Boys podcast, you knew all three of us, um, Dalton Miller, Connor Livesey, myself, are all really big on Af- Afitu. Uh, he's a guy. His brother um, was drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. Obi. He didn't turn out so well, but Afitu is a same athletic guy, but he's better. He's a better football player. He knows how to play the game of football, which is that you can't say about his older brother coming out in the draft he's really uh lengthy and he's a guy that i did want at 44 as well but there's a chance that um i'm not following along with the draft right now so I, forgive me if i if he's already been taken i don't think he has but there's a chance that he could fall to the third round that he could be there with one of their picks and if he's still there then Dallas should definitely grab him in fact i think dane brugler had him falling in falling to the third round today so i don't think they completely missed that opportunity yet but i definitely get um where that comes coming from uh, Fitu had a really good resume as well. He's another lengthy guy that could fit in really, really well. And I would have liked that pick as a lot, but um, it's hard to complain too much about Kelvin Joseph. I think you're just finding something to complain about right now. Uh, maybe you're still frustrated about taking a linebacker in the top 15. You're not willing to give <laughs> Dallas any uh, benefit of doubt moving forward, but um, just watch a film, Kelvin Joseph. Um, he, he's a talented guy. Um, like I said, if there's no questions about his off the field stuff. Um, again, kind of David Holman said he's very close to the LSU program, as we all know. Um, he kind of mentioned it's not the same thing as Michael Parsons. There's nothing like criminal, criminal or anything like that off the field. It's more of just like him, his mindset, him, uh, you know, making the right decisions and stuff like that. He opted out towards the end of the year. There's some, you know, some questions about that. But as far as a football player goes, he's he's really talented and he's he's certainly worth a top 50 draft pick. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we've said it several times, but um, if if you were told, if anybody was told that after the first two rounds of the draft, after the first 44 picks, the Cowboys would walk away with starting caliber, a starting caliber linebacker and a starting caliber corner, certainly with relation to their roster, but just in general, I think mm-hmm. I think a hundred of a hundred Cowboys fans would have taken that, and I think that yeah. a- again, the you know the 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 frame of it all is something that people are having trouble digesting, but um, it's hard to, um, it's, it's hard to really, really, really pick apart. Um, Cole, it's been wonderful having you here. What are your final thoughts? What do you, what do you want to see the Cowboys do in the third round with their three picks? I think they have to get a defensive tackle first and foremost. Um, If you're going to spend a premium pick on a linebacker, you have to help him out with some guys uh, in the middle. Um, You know, Marvin Wilson is a guy that I really, really like, and he, there's a really good chance he's there in the third round. Um, he had a down year with some injuries this past season, but as a freshman and a sophomore, he dominated for Florida State and was among the elite players in the country. If you can get that kind of player in the third round, I think you're really happy. I would also like for them 
um, to get a safety and probably double dip at corner. If a two falls down to the third to the third round, somebody like that, maybe um, Bobby Belisca out of Stanford. Um, um, if he falls to the third round, that's another guy you can target. So there's some players. Again, you have three third round picks to play with. You have more than enough draft capital to uh, shore up this defense, add some more talent. And I don't think all hope is lost as maybe some of y'all think um, after the first two picks. I think, <laughs> I think as you mentioned, I mean, you have two guys that could potentially be opening week starters. I think you have to be pretty pleased with that, even if they're not the two guys that you had circled uh, going into this week. Cole, my absolute last question for you. The New York Giants yeah. ju- just took Aziz Ojalari. Mm-hmm. Um, they Good took day. Kadarius Tony in the first round. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Giants are winning the draft in the NFC yeah. so far, especially That's with a- the when you add that on top of the mm-hmm. future draft capital they've acquired. Yeah, there's some injury concerns with Aziz. I think that's why he was still on the board. But he was the guy that was often mocked to the Giants throughout the draft process. Just like him and Jalen Phillips was a guy – were two players that, you know, were commonly picked. Everybody knew Joe Judge wanted an edge rusher. Um, so getting into that value is tremendous for them. It sucks to say as a Cowboys fan, um, but that's tremendous value for them. They got that first-round pick in the uh, Bears trade as well. So it's really hard to disagree with that. Um, as long as it's not Philadelphia, I guess. I mean, uh, it's okay. I guess, we, I guess we can live with it. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully Dallas wins the third round. Uh, Cole Patterson, you can listen to him every Wednesday on Talk on the Draft on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. Search for it in your podcast provider. Subscribe to Blog on the Boys. Leave a rating, write a review. Tell Cole how wonderful he is. Uh, tell Cole how amazing he is. You can read him and see all of his work at A to Z Sports Dallas. Cole, have a great rest of the draft. Maybe we'll talk you to you too, tomorrow. Man. We appreciate you yeah. stopping by uh, and, and and talking us off the ledge. You know, I put myself in that category. <laughs> that's too. What, that's what I'm here for. I'm yeah, here to you Cole, know, you know, calm the storm, you know, make sure everybody's okay. And again, we got three third round picks to play with. So I think, I think we're in for an exciting night. Exactly. Cole, thanks so much for joining us, man. Have a great rest of your night. All right. You too, RJ. See All right. So thank you to Cole Patterson for joining us. Uh, we do have Bobby Belt from NFL Network on the way to join us as well. Uh, we have a lot going on throughout the draft. I can take these headphones off. I made this mistake last night uh, here at the blog and the boys uh, throughout our productions. Uh, we're streaming throughout the entire draft. We will have different streams. Just if you're curious for technical reasons, we'll have different streams for every single draft or every single draft, every single round. So uh, after the second round, we'll launch a new stream for the third round. So be on the lookout for that wherever you're watching whether it's on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, While we're talking about this, certainly encourage you, ask you in our most polite voice to please subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. We work very hard. We do a lot of things uh, to make sure that you as a Dallas Cowboys fan are well-serviced and well-fed and well-prepared for all things that are happening in the world of America's team. Uh, Like I said, we do a lot of live streams. We do a lot of discussions. We do a lot of film reviews. Soon enough, uh, I imagine this weekend we'll have a film review up on Micah Parsons and shortly after a film review up on Kelvin Joseph, I reached out to a friend of mine, Jason Markham, who runs our uh, our Kentucky website at SB Nation, a sea of blue. So Jason has watched Kelvin for uh, for a long time now, obviously. Um, and I just I said, Jason, can you give me a, a couple of sentences? He also happens to run our Cincinnati Bengals website, so he's a very, very, very busy man. Uh, but um, so Jason uh, is very busy during the draft right now, covering the Bengals draft. But Asked him for a second. Can you give me a couple sentences? Let me know. Let us know. Talk us off the ledge. He said, uh, and I quote, 
No one in college football defended Heisman winner Devontae Smith as well as Joseph did. He held Smith without a catch off of two targets and had a pick at the goal line on one of those targets. Very nice to see from Jace. We've been talking about that. Um, if you're curious about who Kelvin is, um, obviously we've talked a lot about his football prowess. If you did not know, uh, we mentioned him originally playing and going to LSU. Uh, born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he is an, a music artist. All right, I mean, we're talking Cole Beasley-ish here. Um, if, if you haven't seen him on social media, he has a great handle, Boss Man Fat. Uh, you can add a one there on Twitter. Uh, but he has released six albums under that name. So if you haven't had a chance, go check out Calvin Joseph. Obviously, he did play the one season at LSU before heading on over to Kentucky. Um, four interceptions off of nine starts for the Wildcats. Certainly a lot to like there um, and a lot to feel optimistic about. I do think that things have settled down. I think that the initial wave of the moment has kind of gone away. Uh, so I'll ask you to um, to give us a grade. What is your grade for the Kelvin Joseph pick? We want letters here. A, B, C. You can throw a plus. You can throw a minus. How do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys ultimately drafting Kelvin Joseph? We've got a question from Redbirds Junkie. I missed it. Why did he transfer? Um, just, you know, that's that's the way things go sometimes in the world of college football, which is a question, right? That is a that is the quote-unquote character concern uh, when it comes to Kelvin. Um, so your grades right now, and we'll come up with our uh, our group consensus as Matt Davis has a comment, uh, rather upset. True Believer says A. Uh, what else we got here? Joshua um, Hagboom. I wonder if related to, to the great Mr. Hogaboom. A with like eight pluses. Uh, Christine says B. David Lucas says C+. Plus. Uh, we've got uh, Matt Davis says B minus, maybe C plus. Todd Cook says B plus. Um, so you know what? Consensus grade then, it seems like a B. The Dallas Cowboys drafting of Kelvin Joseph, obviously in the second round, the 44th overall selection. So I mentioned it a moment ago. Let's go ahead and bring him in, the man of the hour. If you have ever done anything in your life, this man will make sure and find it and ultimately hold it over your head. From NFL Network, Bobby Belt. Robert, how goes it? How is your round two going? Esta noche. Um, kind of sad. I'm a little bit sad because you were I, bombed when Trayvon Morig went to the Las Vegas Raiders. Merrick, yes. Merrick, we went over Merig. this earlier today. Merig. Uh, it's yeah, been a that, long night. That was pretty. That was pretty depressing. Um, but uh, I mean, Kelvin Joseph is a good player. I find it to be an interesting selection for a few reasons, but he's a good player. Why? Tell us why. Because the people have been panicked here. You're you're arriving late. Um, to uh, why are they panicked? This this is unlike draft or, or Cowboys blogosphere, which generally just no offense. Generally, it's it's a good barometer, but generally just goes with whatever the draft show crew has to say about things. And they all like Kelvin Joseph as a player. So I'm just confused why they don't like him. So here's my theory. Um, and I don't know if I've ever told you this. Bobby and I are real good pals. Um, when I was like six years old, the, the very first time one of my parents asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said a psychologist. And I don't think it's because I knew anything about the profession. Oh, it's just you? I was like six. Um, but I it, I think it's only gotcha. because I, I, I think it's only because I could say the word psychologist. So like even as a six year old, like there was a like sense of narcissism to where like psychologist and then like all the adults would be like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Um, and so clearly I'm not as bright uh, as, as psychologists are. Uh, but so that being said, if I apply, um, you know, a level of psychology here, I think what has happened here, and this has happened obviously with both picks so far, as we put the Cowboys full draft class to date on the screen here for you, the Cowboys got sniped right before the Micah Parsons pick. And I think that everybody went into last night like 
not even thinking, but like knowing it's going to be one of J.C. Horner, Patrick Sertan, and I've made my piece that I'm happy with either. And so when that rug got pulled out from them, they said, oh, my gosh, what is happening here? Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And you mentioned, you know, people kind of following the tempo of Cowboys Twitter, certainly Cowboys draft Twitter. Micah Parsons is not a popular player in that sphere. Um, oh. So so I think that that people took all of today to kind of get over that, right? Like, And, and people took all of today to kind of square that in their minds and say, well, you know, Dane Brugler had him as, as his 12th overall player. The Cowboys took him at 12. They also picked up an extra third-round pick in the process. And so on and on and on, all these other little reasons. And so they finally got to tonight, and they said, Okay, they're going to walk away with Trayvon. They're going to walk away with Asante Samuel Jr. They're going to walk away with Melifonu. They're going to walk away with Richie Grant. Like you know, people had kind of put all their eggs in the basket in, in this basket that was like five particular players. And so I think that this was just so random. And the fact that Trayvon was taken directly before them again, I mean, it's 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 not even an old wound. Like it's a it's a fresh wound that that you know Vegas just showed up and like danced on. And so I think that that's where the like. Um, the level of anxiety, the level of miffedness is coming from. Uh, fair. I think it was unrealistic to ever think Asante Samuel was going to be a cowboy. I think it was unrealistic sure. to think Richie Grant was going to be a cowboy. Uh, I think it was unrealistic to think, and it almost happened, but still, I think at the beginning of the day, it was unrealistic to think Trayvon Merrick would fall. Um, and so the only player there who kind of, I think, would be a legitimate thought uh, if the fan base was looking at that would have been Melifonwu. Um, and at the end of the day, I think they did just like Kelvin Joseph more. I think they were saying it on the draft show that I, on talent alone, take medicals out of it, any off the field concerns, anything else on talent alone, Kelvin Joseph and Micah Parsons are probably top 15 to 20 players in this draft. Say it and again, say it again in, in, in English and in Spanish. I, I don't speak Spanish. Neither do you, as we've talked about before. Um, but I, I, both top 15 to 20 players. By the way, by the way, the Browns just took JOK for anybody um, who hasn't seen it yet. So I I want to say this. Do not I hesitate to say this because I think people are going to take it take my me too much as gospel because it'll feed into their potential negativity. But I am just going to say I find it interesting that a defense that seemed to struggle at least in part because of culture issues that's a fair point they took two guys so far with red flags in a draft season where the ability to do the background work has been less than it ever has before i just find that interesting they may feel good about it as players they're really talented i just find it interesting that they felt comfortable enough to go two potential red flag players back to back um matt brings this point up on our our comment section watching on facebook um and that's a fair point so so say like play let's play a game um mm -hmm. and i don't mean that as as the joker in the dark night bobby's never seen the dark night by the way for everybody watching yes, yeah. but he's also he's also never seen the office um but uh so so we can end this interview right now so this is an interview this is two bros this is just two dudes no, talking i am the expert you okay I'm just oh that's a good point um <laughs> uh, so um Okay, so say say that you, Bobby, are, are drafting where the Cowboys did, and we'll factor in the trade back to twelve. And mm -hmm. you're you're considering even the most mild form of character concerns. And to be clear, Kelvin not in the same camp as Micah Parsons in that capacity, but still, you know, has the you know, concerns for different reasons, right? Um, so if you're a limit, if, if you're if they're off your board for those reasons, uh, Christopher Summer says I would pass on those players. Who are these two picks for you then? At that at those exact spots. Who are the two picks for you? 
Uh, Rashawn Slater at 12. Okay. That's the most obvious answer. Okay. And then tonight? Either Ifiatu Melifanwu or Paulson Adebo. Would you feel better about one of those potential tandems than what the Cowboys have right now? Um, I don't know. It's tough because because on talent, no. Um, I mean, Slater, right. I think, is just as good as Parsons. Um, and the character thing, it's just you don't know. There are some people who would have flagged Dak for character coming out. Right. It's a fair point. And Tyron, Tyron Matthew was one of the most... Oh, that's a real big red flag guy, potentially. And Matthew's had a really solid career and has been a leader in locker rooms. And so you you can't always go with that. Um, and to be fair, I think there have been guys in the past who have been considered, you know, A-plus character guys, and then they have something happen during the league. So you, you can't just go off all this. You know, we can sure. go three down the road, and Micah Parsons and Calvin Joseph can be model citizens and captains on this team, and it's all good. Um I think I would prefer that combo, though, Slater and Melifonwu over Parsons and Joseph, just barely. Um, just because I, I think that... Man, I, I want to be careful about what I say here. I think that when it comes to Kelvin Joseph, and again, I this... this yeah, I know, you're, you're sitting up here. When it comes to Calvin Joseph, and this is he's he's a nice guy. I've talked to him. He's he's always been nice. I've talked to I, him. I've I would talk say, to him. Okay, it's important that I say I've talked to him and I've gotten to you know be around him. Sure. I would just and and he could be a good player this way. This is not a damning thing all the time, but I would say he's probably the most brand aware prospect I've ever been around. More than what you just see on Instagram. That's a, that was just my feeling. I remember awesome telling man fat. I just I just remember telling he strikes me as again different. I don't think he's the, the, you can compare this two totally, but he strikes me as similar to Jalen and his awareness of his off the field brand. So to be clear, Bob, because that like <laughs> I know you said you were you were careful I'm about what you're saying it as best as I can because right. he's a good player and he is a nice guy and and I I'm just saying that was my initial impression is very aware of his brand. That's not a bad thing to be to oh. be clear, right? Like it's it's oh. not a bad thing. I think it has become a bad thing for Jalen, and it's it's become a thing that people pick at. Um, but it's because it, it blends into you mentioned off the field. It blends onto the field with Jalen, right? It, like that's what it is. It's like oh, you know what what's like the motivation is to swipe, right? Like that's that's the, the motivation isn't like to have success, you know, as a football player. It's to swipe. It's to handle the brand, whatever the case may be. Um, so. I want to go back. I want to backtrack for you um, in case you're already regretting having said that. Uh, but um, <laughs> I, I would say it. I'm not saying that in a in a damning way. Again, I think there I, I think you could argue Aaron Rodgers is a very brand aware player and he's sure. arguably one of the five best quarterbacks of all time. And I think anybody would take him on their team. So I'm not saying this can be an indictment. Wow, I just think Bobby would rather have Aaron Rodgers than Dak Prescott. Just said it literally his I, exact uh, words would not actually. <laughs> um, but but I'm saying that. It, it, it is something that is he it's not just the music there's a lot going on there that he that he wants to establish a brand and, and it's it's with good motivations he wants to provide for his family for future generations of it but it is it is a hyper awareness that I know some teams wondered how much is the focus on football and ultimately he uh you know he was somewhat run out of LSU that's not easy to do all the time uh and uh you know ended out kind of 
walking away before the season was finished in Kentucky. And so, I mean, I mean, there are just, there's some questions there. And I think it's, I, I find it interesting that this is the direction the Cowboys have chosen to go. These are two really talented players and they could be home run picks. I just to find be, it to be, so this feels very similar um, in overall packaging to 2015. I don't know if you would agree with that. Um, the, the start of that, right? Because it's okay. You got like remember it was that was the you got three first round picks draft, right? Because you got Byron Jones, you got Randy Gregory who fell obviously for testing uh, positive for marijuana at the combine, and then you landed Lyle Collins in free agency. A very unique situation, not something that's happening here, obviously, but it feels akin to that, right? Or or akin to if you want to see, even say 2016, you got two first rounders, right? Like that's and and that's that's my concern is that the Cowboys continue. Uh, you know, because this this is a roll of the dice, you know, however you want to phrase, maybe it ends up paying out. Maybe it's not like an incredibly like risky roll, but th- the Cowboys continue to 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 bet their second round pick, right? Like this is not a, a pick to bet. This is not a time to roll the dice. This is a time for super high floor, no questions at all, establish as much known quantities or, or qualities as possible. And this this is a pick that doesn't necessarily jive with that. And to your point, that like this is a a, a point in any year, any draft, any team, let alone, as you mentioned, when you first showed up here, this is Bobby Belt, by the way, from NFL Network, troll extraordinaire. And um, if you guys have ever, have you ever watched you, if you're watching us, Bobby's the guy in a, in a non uh, criminal way. I, I'm like, uh, I'm like there's, there's two <laughs> pathways that guy could have taken in life. He could have been me or he ended up being him. Right. Right. Um, so, but that's, that's who you are. No pun intended. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Coming off the season the Cowboys are coming off of, where they were plagued by, I don't even want to say, I don't, it's because it's not true, I don't want to say character issues, but lack of leadership, right? The week after Dak Prescott gets hurt, reports of, you know, uh, internal strife between defensive, defensive players and the coaching staff. And granted, the the coordinator there has changed, obviously, um, but this and, and maybe, maybe they really truly believe in Dan Quinn that much, right? Like may, maybe that's the case. And like I, I, Bobby, to be clear here is not trying to trash the pick. He's just pointing out that this is the Cowboys have gone down an interesting path here that I don't think anybody would have predicted, you know, 28 hours ago. I, I think that it is completely possible that you can look back on this draft and people could say that Kelvin Joseph was the best corner in the draft. And Micah Parsons was the best linebacker in the draft. I think that's mm. completely possible. And I actually don't have any issues really with the Parsons pick. Um, I'm just a little miffed, I guess, at at the line of thinking on on taking two character guys again um, or or two character question guys. Again, they have to feel good about it. I just I I wonder where they they checked the how they checked those boxes. And I'll be interested to see if we see anything else. It, it makes me wonder if there's a little bit of a pattern here that they just are going, you know, let's find some guys who have been devalued by others who we think really highly of. I'll be interested to see if if they check more boxes down the line. Um, one guy, like a, a guy I'd be interested to know what happens with him, and he may have gone by this point. He, he's one of these guys, could he go in the second or like the fifth, is Bobby Brown out of Texas A&M. And Bobby Brown's, again, one of these guys who are people like, uh, what's the motivation? Does he totally love football? And I... I interviewed him a couple weeks back, and I, for my say, I think he does. I, I think he has answered those questions. He, his mom got really sick before his last year at AM. and um, She actually has uh, cancer. She's very, very sick. And um, Bobby, I think it refocused him and made him realize, like, okay, I have been these things. I, I haven't been totally focused. I have not been reaching my potential. It's time to lock in. And he talked about that, that 
I understand that my focus probably wasn't where it needed to be, and I'm, I'm locked in. So I feel good about that question. But if they were to take a Bobby Brown, who I think they do like, just from talking to some people, that would be, again, a similar guy to these Kelvin Joseph and Micah Parsons types that I, I'm just wondering if we're going to start seeing a pattern breakout where they're just like, you know what? Um, we really need to get some playmakers in here quick. And so we got to take some gambles. And I'm wondering if that's where they're going is that they say the defense is in order to be a win now team and to overhaul this defense, we're going to have to roll the dice on some of these guys in the draft. Uh, comment from doomsday on YouTube says Parsons and Joseph seem to be a shift in defenses attitude. The defense's attitude. I would, rather. Dis- I would disagree. I don't think Joseph is. I think Joseph is. No, but I, more, I think feels more similar to the attitude J- Parsons is. I think Parsons is a is a pretty aggressive I, alpha type. But um, I, I don't. I mean, not to speak for Doomsday. Whoopity Scoop says, "Hell yeah, Doomsday! Cowboys are lacking." I think those are dog emojis. Um, say Whoopity Scoop for us, Bobby. Whoopity Scoop. Thank you. Um, I think again, not to speak for Doomsday, but I think that the idea behind that comment is to your point, like, okay, we're, we're not laying up anymore, right? Like we're, I know you don't play golf, but we're going for the green. We're going in two, right? Like, because I thought, this I thought that was a Jason Garrett term. I didn't know that was a goal. <laughs> right. But like, you know, like we, we have, we have played it safe. And again, I, like that makes it sound like they're just living on the edge here, but these are things, look at that fresh haircut. Bobby looks great. Yes, I know. Um, My head, you see how tight that hat was. I was, it was just driving me nuts. I had to take it. Uh, so like, I mean, what what might have been deterrence, let's call them that, in years before, and I don't want to put all that on Jason Garrett, you know, because there may have just been a philosophical change overall with with Will McClay, with the Joneses, whatever. Um, this this does feel like that again, not not a, a hundred eighty degree switch, but like a little a little rotation. Like if you have um if you have like an automatic timer for a lamp in your house, like when daylight savings time comes and you have to go adjust it so that you know it it works with the new time when the sun sets and stuff like that. Like that's that's what they kind of I that's how I took the comment. Um, is that it's it's a shift in approach in in terms of no like I don't I, I to be frank I don't think the Cowboys can afford to have you know particulars that that ward them off from players and and that's you mentioned win now the NFC is just killing this draft like overall and this this has been a division that they should have run for a long time I mean the fact like 2017 Philadelphia fine but they should have dominated in 2019 and they played down to things they should have dominated it last year I mean they should have won this thing three years in a row and they wasted a lot of time in that process incidentally the life of Dak's rookie contract and the franchise tag here. And so now, I mean, like now Washington's on the up, New York's on the up, Philadelphia is not going to be this bad forever. And so I, I think it's a, a change in that capacity. Who who was the best team in the NFC East to you on Monday? Dallas. Who's the best team in the NFC East? Hang on, hang on. They, they were the they they were marginal. Washington has the best roster outside of quarterback. You put Dak on Washington's roster and they might win the Super Bowl. Sure. Um but, but as the, the complete team, who do you think was better on Monday? Dallas. Through 60 picks or whatever, who's the better team? Is, Dallas. But the overwhelming factor is that the Cowboys have Dak Prescott. And if Washington had landed Justin Fields in, in some situation, like I might be, you know, pressed to change that. But um, I think so. Part of it is most of it is Dak Prescott, but the fact is the Cowboys, to the point that we're making here with the selections of Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, may you know they're they're making a lot of strides towards getting ballers on their defense, getting better. And these are would you have said? I don't want to like dodge your question, um, but 
would you have said on Monday that the two weakest positions on the roster were linebacker and corner? I mean, you could have prioritized them however you wanted. I know offensive tackles in the mix there, but at the at worst case scenario, these were two of the three. Um, yeah, I mean, I think linebacker is just a little bit di- because they have so much money tied up there right now that it, it's even though it's a talent deficit, I don't know that there's playing time available due to the money that they have tied up. So in terms of talent, yeah, you could probably say you might say safety linebacker and safety, but it's it's between safety and corner there. Um, I, I but do they, think they, they had at least whether you you buy them or not buy, but whether you believe in the moves or not, they had addressed safety in free agency. What have they done at corner besides bring back Jordan Lewis? How, I mean, I know, how, I know, how did they address the, the, how did they address safety and free agency? I mean, from a quantitative standpoint, they brought in Demonte KZ. They're talking about playing linebacker. KZ's a guy who's coming off a serious injury, and J. Ron Curse is a guy who's a practice squad player, essentially. Sure, so, but those those are all still more things than they did at corner, is it not? I mean, sure. I mean, they they re-upped Jordan Lewis, though. I mean, in essence, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, and Trayvon Dix could start next year, but they lost Cheeto. They didn't lose anybody substantial at safety. So that's why, like, I think the the like mountain to climb at corner was. Well, I mean, hey, uh, but I mean, the, the mountain to climb at corner was larger than it was at safety, given all yeah. of the results of this offseason. Yes, fair, but also I think it's important to remember a lot of the big plays they gave up in the passing game last year seemed to be due to bad safety play. That's that's true too. But so you know something that like we keep coming back to is you know a lot Dude, of people. To be fair, by the way, if Merrick had gotten to forty four, I think they take Merrick over Kelvin Joseph. So to that point, though, I mean, so I, I think they made lemonade again, just like they did the first night. You stole that from me because I wrote about that at blogging the voice today. I said I tweeted that last you did night. Not let, you did not. No, you didn't. I mean, I'm I'm the first person who said it. You didn't. That's OK. Uh, but uh, but look, whatever. The point here is the Cowboys were not going to draft, say, Asante Samuel for for reasons beyond like literally physical reasons, right? Like he was not going to be someone they considered at 44. Yes. They already no. have Jordan Lewis. They, they couldn't have another, they can't have two, three guys in that group that don't fit Dan Quinn's. Right. Okay. So like, that's something that is Cowboys specific outside of Trayvon, who you just said, if he makes it to 44, maybe they take him. They were not, I mean, feasibly going, maybe Richie Grant, but still, I mean, they just got beat on their board. Like, that's just a draft, right? Like, they just, you know, they were not going to, you know, shock us. They were not going to deviate from a lot of norms in terms of, like, spending on a random safety. It had to be the safety, and it almost was, but it wasn't, ultimately. Yeah, I think that the only other guys that I think may have been in play there would have been, like, um, Melifonwu from Syracuse. And I think he is a shorter guy, Elijah Molden from Washington, but I don't think they'd be looking at Molden to play corner. I think they would have moved him to safety and they would have played him similar to the way that uh, KZ was played by Dan Quinn in Atlanta, that he'd be a safety and nickel type of guy. Um, so I think those are the only other players there. And so with that, I think that we've got the best pure talent out of those three players in Kelvin Joseph. And I think that's what they're looking at right now. They're looking at, we need talent. And they thought really highly of Micah Parsons. So they feel they got the best talent available there. And so in essence, I think that for all the complaints that they window dress their board and they're doing things, they so far, I think, have taken the highest graded player they have on their board. And they have not always done that. You go back to a couple of years ago, Tristan Hill was oh, not oh, the highest graded player on their board. Shout out to Juan Thornhill. Um, it was not, was not and- the highest graded, was not the highest graded player on their board. More than that, he was not the highest graded player they took. 
Connor McGovern right. in the third round was graded higher than Tristan Hill. And I think I want to say there was somebody else in that draft even later, like in the fourth that they took that was graded higher than Tristan Hill. That was so, Tony Pollard that they took in the fourth round that year. Well, they took two guys in the fourth. And I can't remember who the second one was. Tony. I, think was I, I can't remember who the second one was. The second guy, I think, was graded higher as well. Um, um I'm looking it up, by the way, while you while you go ahead. Let me know. But um <laughs> no, I think that this is not unusual for them. Whereas this time around, you remember at the Gil Brandt press conference for the Ring of Honor, um, they asked him about like drafting and sticking to their board. And Jerry like made a joke. He said, Well, I'll say it sounds like you guys did a better job sticking to your board than we have. Like, like made a reference basically of like, yeah, we don't really pick the highest graded player on our board ever. And so, and I mean, even when they take Taco Charlton, they admit, yeah, Dalvin Cook was our first round pick. We're not going to take another running back. This time around, I think I would guess Michael Parsons was the highest graded player they had left in the first round. And I would guess Kelvin Joseph was the highest graded player they had left in the second round. And that is the thing that everybody universally in the Cowboys community has been screaming is BPA, BPA, get BPA. Now Kyle Pitts BPA. is BPA, right, now, yeah. Now people are doing BPA, and they're complaining. You you got to be consistent here. So two things. One, the 2019 Dallas Cowboys draft class that we were talking about, the legendary 2019 Dallas Cowboys draft class, Tristan oh. Hill, Connor McGovern, Tony Pollard, uh, two fifth-round picks, the Jackson brothers, not literally, Michael uh, and Joe, who Jerry Jones was super pumped about, uh, sixth-round pick Donovan Wilson, seventh-round shout-out to another Ohio State running back, Mike Weber, and, of course, Jalen Jelks. Well, um, now, now that, that was the other oddity there. Weber was graded higher than Pollard. Right. Which was weird. But right. uh, no, but so I, I think I think what you just described is I think every Cowboys fan listening uh, and shout out to everybody who's watching on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go subscribe to Bobby and Jane's YouTube channel. So what is the official title? It's like Bobby and Jane, right? I don't know. I don't know how much longer <laughs> it's going to be around. OK, Jane. whatever. Yeah, uh, the Boys and Girl podcast. Yeah. Jane and Bobby. Uh, anyway. Uh, shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. On, on Y'all have no idea how hard I'm trolling RJ right now. He really is. Uh, but last year, the Cowboys abided by the same philosophy, right? But I think to go back to the psychology of it all, I mean, if we're talking about this exact moment, two picks in, it was two players that everybody had heard of, right? Like everybody knew who CeeDee Lamb was, and it's a wide receiver, so it's like this really sexy position. And it was Trayvon Diggs, who a lot of people thought was a candidate to be taken at 17 overall by the Cowboys in the first round last year. And so like, and I think that that's what happened. I think that, you know, and I think everyone's kind of comparing it in their mind because it was like, wow, we got this, you know, we got another first round pick in the second round. I would have been happy with with Trayvon Diggs in the first round, you know, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately that didn't happen. And so I, I do think that that the sniping is a very real qualifier in this particular uh, draft. Uh, Todd says, I'm not complaining. I'm very pleased with the draft so far. Bobby, Todd, give us I a grade. I, I clearly said. Everybody in the draft community, except Todd. I know Todd's on board with us. I said that if you would go back and listen. Uh, give us a grade, because I know you love to do stuff like this. Um, it is a, on, on talent acquisition, it's an A. They've gotten an A with the talent acquisition. On the variables we can't see, it's, um, it's a question mark. It's a B. Um, I, I think that, you know, we've talked, we talked about this um, when I was on with you and Sturge, that a good way to describe it is, did you execute your plan? Mm. And and I think that they have, I, I think you can say they've executed their plan in terms of they had things they desired, but they had fail safes in place. They knew what they wanted to do. They didn't panic. 
They made shrewd moves. I think you can say in terms of executing your plan, if that's the only way you can truly grade a draft until you see the players play as passing or failing, then you just have to say they're passing at this point. They are passing and, they, and they've executed things well. They have not made any serious blunders, I don't feel like. Uh, I've tried. Bobby and I have been friends now for six years, right? Something like that, six years. Uh, and I, I've tried to get Bobby into golf almost since day one. Uh, our friendship could yeah, be a lot stronger. I'm a big golfer now. Right. Uh, but to that point, I mean, you've seen – but you have played a lot of Tiger Woods PGA Tour. I mean, so you understand this reference at least. Um, yes. I, f- I feel like – like, and I, I in every hit I did in the lead-up to the draft, when I said I think Patrick Sertan is going to be the pick, I said he's a high-floor pick. He's You don't have to crush your driver off the tee – just swing nice and smooth, put it in the fairway, right? Like that's what you're looking to do. And to me, I think what's happening here is the, the Cowboys are still making par, but they're scrambling, right? Like their drive is off the fairway and they have they have to punch back in and they have to get up. And then they're making like a really long, you know, eight foot putt that seemed improbable, uh, but they're still making par, you know? And like, that's the goal, right? Like the goal is still make par and they're doing it just... I say like in these unconventional ways that like the Cowboys aren't doing anything like supremely unconventional, but these, these are these these I think these ideas were unconventional to people. I think in the week leading up, there was not a single mock draft throughout all of Cowboys draft Twitter that had Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph as the first two picks of the draft. That's true. I would say if we're gonna liken it even more narrow to to football, we all heard John Kitna talk about the whole concept of you know rip it. And that, you know, he he thought he had did a good job in, in a practice with Mike Martz in Detroit because, he you know, he made a throw and got a little seven-yard gain. And he had always learned, you know, you always take a profit as a quarterback. Just, you know, gain take your positives where you can get them because, you know, even if you can get a bigger throw downfield, that's a riskier throw. There's a greater chance of danger. So take your profit and go home. And Mike Martz told him, no, if you get the look, rip it. If there's a mistake, so be it. I think that's what the Cowboys have done here. They're not taking the profit. They're not just going, okay, here's what's safe. Here's what we know we can get. Here's what we feel comfortable with. I think they are saying, let's go for the touchdown. You know, let's go for that deep post, even if it it's a little blanketed. We got the look. Let's go for it. And I think that's what they've done. I think that's how you can best describe Micah Parsons and Calvin Joseph. Very famously, Dak Prescott. I know we talked about this back then. Um, in in I think it was an episode of the Cowboys Hour. Talked about John Kitna telling him about that philosophy. I think he called it the Golden Corral um, analogy. I think I don't know if you remember that. We talked about like if you're in the line at Golden Corral, don't wait for the prime rib at the end. Just take what's in front of you, etc. Um, to that point, Bobby, um, I'm going to put you solo up here so everyone can see your beautiful face. And if you can slide to your left, uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, and How do you like and, that. I knew which way to go. <laughs> and, um, evaluate, evaluate where Kelvin Joseph ranks within the Cowboys cornerback, you know, room. Um, how many, like, where, where is he? If, if you power, these are ranked alphabetically or, or sorted alphabetically, if you couldn't tell. Uh, but so let's go. And if you're watching live, give us your answer as well. Um, wh- how, what corners on the Cowboys are better um, than Kelvin Joseph today, tonight? Trayvon Diggs. That's it. Are you, try, are you trying to line your finger up there? <laughs> I'm trying to. It's very difficult. Here, Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs would be the, and, and I don't think on talent alone, that's just it. I just like Diggs' mental makeup, his ball skills. I think he's a smart player. Um, on, on pure talent, I would say none of them are more talented than Calvin Joseph. So, okay. So you're saying Calvin Joseph is CB2 on the Cowboys right now? Yes. Talent wise? Yes. Who's CB3? Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis? 
Jordan Lewis. And then Anthony Brown. Yep. And then Reggie Robinson. Possibly. And then, Maybe more Kennedy. And then whatever you want after that, right? I mean, yeah. not, not yeah. exactly. I mean, okay. I mean, it's uninspiring. I would say that um, I think regardless of any corner they took, there probably would have been the second best corner on the team, though. See, and that's like that's that's the, uh, like a really important point is it was it, it would have been difficult not to improve, right? <laughs> like that's, and, that's anybody, anybody they took would have been the second best corner on the team if they took a corner there. Not everyone they took could have the potential to be the best corner on the team that they took there, and they decided. We're going to get our second best corner regardless. Let's go ahead and get the best, the one that can potentially be the best corner on this team. Um, Bobby, I want to get your thoughts to something happening right now in the draft. This was somebody who a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans loved, uh, somebody who a lot of people mocked to the Cowboys um, all over draft Twitter, all over Cowboys Twitter. The Kansas City Chiefs with the 58th overall selection have taken Missouri linebacker Nick Bolton. I think a lot of people would have loved a combination of Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn and Nick Bolton versus Micah Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, uh, but that was not the case. Your thoughts on, uh, on Nick Bolton joining? Anthony Hitchens and Damian Wilson. Um, it's a. I think if Sir Tanner Horn does get to the Cowboys at ten, then they do take Nick Bolton at forty-four. I think that that's where I would lean. Um, so yeah, you're you're potentially looking at a parallel universe here. Um, this this is this is this is twenty sixteen Jacksonville Jaguars with Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack, kind of. Sort of. Only you're having to split it up between different teams. It's well, not one that picked both of them right but that's that was like we looked at that or rather maybe not even that um you can split up two different teams here uh 2016 jalen ramsey and derrick henry that was another option yeah, that, in rounds one and two. yeah yeah you're looking more at that only and that one burned a little more because that's that was in front of you this is going to be what they missed out on mm-hmm. um and, and again i think that you can't blame them for Sertan and Horn going ahead of them right. and you you can't blame them for not wanting to pay the quarterback tax to go up and, and that value added tax to go up and get a you know a corner with quarterback price um, so I, I don't blame them for any of that in fact I think that they've done about as well as you can possibly do I think they've gotten kicked in the nuts twice now with losing the corners and losing Merrick I think that those were their targets there Um but again, they've, uh, as I have said, and, and I have trademarked, they made lemonade. Um, but Nick Bolton is a good player. Nick Bolton's a local guy. He played at Frisco Liberty um, and a guy that I know they thought really highly of and will be a solid player. Um, again, if you're looking at floor versus ceiling, his floor is probably higher than Micah Parsons. Uh, Micah Parsons ceiling is much higher. Micah Parsons ceiling is potentially the best defensive player that came out of this draft right Luke Keekley level linebacker ceiling yeah potentially I I mean honestly there's I I think when the Cowboys look at Micah Parsons when they say what is the max we can get out of this guy I think they're looking at Devin White I think that's what they want him to be Mm. and that's I mean that's what everybody's kind of said right is get that you know this is a different NFL very different linebacker from Leighton Vanderish in that respect. A faster, speedier guy who can play in today's passing era versus this dude ran four three six at two hundred and forty six pounds. Right, that's what I'm like not your general stocky, you know, st- not statue, but kind of like what what a what a linebacker statue would look like, kind of the way Leighton Vanderish is. By the way, let's let's look at in terms of. Have they executed their plan? What was the number one trait that Mike McCarthy said they were targeting? Speed. Speed. 
four three six uh, for Micah Parsons. Kelvin Joseph four three four. Kelvin Joseph had the fastest ten yard split of any player at any pro day in the entire college football scene this year. And so he has the best short area speed of anybody. And so they've gotten exactly what they looked for in terms of executing their plan. We need speed on defense. They got speed on defense. They picked the top player available for them. And I think Cowboys fans, it's hard to argue with them over that. If it fails, it fails, but you can't argue with the methodology. You mentioned, obviously, um, the athletic freak that Kelvin is. Difficult to be upset by in that sense, right? Like if that's the theme, if if the theme of this party, right? Like, hey, it's a Bobby, it's a Hawaiian party. Show up with your your button up shirt and your lay and your Which you I know. Would. I would. <laughs> right. Uh, if the theme of this draft is speed, the slowest dude they've drafted, and they've added both of these players to their defense, runs a four three six forty. Like yeah. that's. And I, in fact, I'm curious. I'm gonna. I don't want to have to have you pull it up. I am curious though. But Kelvin Joseph weighed like I think one ninety nine or something. We've um, got that here for you, Bobby. Just you know. One ninety seven. Okay. Now, now, now go back to the the actual. Uh, yes, measure. sir. The, the, yes, sir. The, we got you. So Kelvin Joseph at one ninety seven. Micah Parsons at two forty six. Uh, you have a four three six forty for Micah Parsons. A four three four for Kelvin Joseph. You have a thirty four inch vertical jump for both of them. Uh, you have nineteen bench reps for both of them. Uh, thirty one and a half inch arm length on Michael. Par- I mean, like you're basically getting the same athleticism out of one of the most athletic corners in the draft and you're getting it at linebacker. And so, I mean, there there's, they drafted some freaks here and they've done Damn. exactly what they sought to do, which is get speed, get faster. It, what was the biggest thing opponents used to say about the Cowboys in 2018 when that defense was so good every Slow. week? Oh, right. I mean, yeah, fast. I mean, they but that, they're so yeah. fast. Like, I think if you if you look back, obviously, at, like, the greatest moments of that season defensively, um, it, there's the – I mean, I know they lost that game, but there's the Jalen play on Deshaun Watson, right? Like, early in the season. And, like, that's sure. that's the gear. And, and that was the moment where it was like, wow, the Jalen thing worked out, et cetera, blah, blah. Um, and so, you know, it is what it is. You had, uh, you had the big stop uh, Leighton made against uh, Philly in that one game. That's, r- on- that's right. Um you need linebackers who can play in space. You need guys who can cover it. They've addressed what you guys wanted them to address. They've addressed what they felt they needed to address. And so it's hard to be too mad at the way this has been executed, I think. You can be frustrated about what happened before them. I don't think you can hold anything against the team in terms of what they've done so far. Bobby, uh, we're preparing to say goodbye to you. Uh, it's the most you have positive I've ever been with you. It really is. I mean, Bobby is generally, you know, the, the leader of the upset brigade. Um, and so it's nice to see you turning a corner. I'm happy for you and your individual growth as a person um, in a lot of respects. Uh, Bobby's been watching. I, you told me a lot of documentaries lately. What was it about like yeah. lions? What you said? Um, watched, so. Yeah, a bunch of like wildlife. I recently got Paramount Plus and there's a whole and Peacock. They have a bunch of like wildlife documentaries on there. And I'm really into Savage Kingdom, which is like this cinematic, like narrated, like dramatic, uh, like African wilderness show. And it's great. Okay, that's fine. Um, don't really I've care. I've started Marvel movies. Oh, Ugh. yeah. Bo- uh, Bobby is on Twitter. Marvel Bobby Belt TX. 
Bob, he is starting. His wife got him into it. Uh, he's starting the Marvel uh, ride. Uh, Bobby, so uh, last question for you before we get you out of here to go maybe watch another Marvel movie after the draft. Um, I've, got, I've had it running in the background the whole time you've been talking. What? What? what do you, give us something. Give us a. Give us the Bobby Belt guarantee. Something that happens in the third round. You can be as vague as you want, but something that will absolutely happen in the third round tonight. For the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys specifically. Uh, The Cowboys will absolutely pick an offensive lineman in the third round. Okay. That's just a Bobby Bell guarantee. That's my guarantee. Yes. All right. Sweet, Bobby. Thanks so much, man. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for stopping by. Love you. All right. So uh, thanks a lot to Bobby Belt uh, for taking the time to join us. Lots of fun here. Two guests so far. We have three more guests slated to join us in our second stream. This is our stream for the second round. We want to wrap up so that people who are watching late know that this is the end of the second round coverage. We are going to launch our stream for the third round at about 845 Central Time. So make sure you go check it out. Uh, We can drop the link in here for you right now, actually, as you are seeing it wherever you're watching. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, open that up and go ahead and go reserve a seat, go save a table, get an appetizer, whatever you want. We'll be heading on over there in just a bit to discuss and cover everything that is happening in the third round for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, like I said, just, just want to keep things neat and organized. You know how we go. Uh, my name is RJ Chow. I'm the manager, editor-in-chief over at bloggingtheboys.com. We'll see you on our third round stream. Make sure before you go over there, after you go over there, whatever order you want, I'm not going to hold it against you. You subscribe to the Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. We do streams like this all the time. We have lots of stuff coming your way over the rest of the off season. We'll see you in just a bit. Let's keep drafting some awesome football players. 